Hey everybody, welcome back to the third episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name is Carter Bryden, and every episode I'm going to be talking about side projects, indie projects built in the Elixir programming language. So this episode I wanted to talk about uh, one of my favorite little projects that I've done for myself here, uh, which is a project I call Almanac. And so what it, Almanac is, is a event tracking uh, Phoenix application. So I do a lot of client work and some of my client projects, I we want to be able to track events really well, um, but it's a problem that is sort of generic and should be reusable across a lot of projects. The trick here or the problem is that a lot of these client projects have regulations or um, the clients have certain rules about taking the data off-site so that it has to stay on their servers, it can't go to a third party, um, it can't leave the country in some cases. So it made sense for me to build something where we could send uh, any generic event tracking information that could work across many different apps uh, with many different data structures and things like that and send them to you know a, a dedicated event tracking server basically on site. Um, and so that's what I did. So what Almanac is is a Phoenix app uh pretty basic what it does is it has i think it only has two tables maybe it has three but uh it has one table for events uh so the events table has a name field that's just a string it's got an originally created at field so that's for when an event was originally when it originally happened in the real world not necessarily when it was processed and added to the database uh that would be the created at or inserted at field instead um and then it's got a field for a JSON field. It might actually be JSON B in Postgres. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't actually even have to worry about it because Ecto handles all that for me. Um, but uh, I have that JSON field. And so that's where any generic information would go that I want to put in there. So I think people who have built event tracking um, systems before are probably thinking like, this sounds really generic. It's going to have terrible performance and efficiency, all these things. Um, you need to be more specific and opinionated about the structure of the data. Uh, that wouldn't work for the systems that I have. And it turns out that the efficiency that I needed was really mainly on the right side. So when I'm sending events to it, it needs to be able to keep up with that. On the querying and reading side, I don't actually need... A whole lot of performance because we're not basing anything in the app off of this there's no the state of the app doesn't depend on these this is totally secondary i could delete this and the app would still work fine um so what i've got there is or what i found out was that um first of all the rights it could absolutely handle the rights it was no problem at all um i tested it with uh, um, an elixir server actually sending out concurrently like tens of thousands of, of requests to this per second, and it was keeping up no problem. Uh, it would slow down a little bit at times, but it really doesn't matter when the event goes in the database as long as they're not failing. Uh, and so I just use a simple queue on my application. So my Forte chat application, for instance, that's another Elixir Phoenix app that I'm working on. Um, I used a package called queue, I think, which actually doesn't use Redis or anything else. It uses uh, Amnesia and some Ed's table stuff, things like that, I think, uh, to create a queue 
entirely a persistent queue entirely in the uh, elixir language rather than using things like redis and other languages um which was which is really awesome uh so anyways what i found out with the efficiency was that the writes keep up no problem zero problem i don't think i'm ever going to hit the kind of volume where that will be an issue and if i do i will figure it out then but uh i also was very surprised at the efficiency and the performance of the reads i was expecting you know this is going to be like we're going to have an events table that is going to be millions and millions and millions of rows and we're storing things in json which i need to search sometimes uh you know if we want to if we want to do anything other than get it by an event name or specific dates then i'm going to have to get into that json and search that but i actually found the performance has been like very very reasonable it's it's been it's been way better than I expected. So that's not been a problem at all either. Even if it was, though, it wouldn't terribly matter. Even if it took five minutes to come back with results, that's okay because we're, we would be using that for like statistical analysis, maybe support, things like that, things that just don't need an immediate response. Um, so it, I've been really happy with it that way. Um, and so, oh yeah, there there was a second table in there as well. So that's uh it's a very simple um relational table for the event name so rather uh so i did actually change it at one point sorry i lied before the first column in that uh the almanac database in the events table is not a string anymore it's now a foreign key to an event name table and so the only reason i do that is to get some slight performance and efficiency increases so that instead of searching uh, for events with an event name and doing a full text search across millions of rows, I can do a full text search across, I can match that text to, uh, the event names table, which is going to be way, way shorter. Like it's, you know, usually dozens of rows rather than millions of rows. So big difference. Um, and then I can use the foreign key, uh, from that to search the actual events table itself. So, you know, kind of minor, simple performance improvements, but that helped quite a bit. Um, and so when I'm sending events to this, like before I mentioned that, that I use the, uh, the Q, uh, package, I think it's Q U E actually on, uh, uh, in Elixir. Uh, but I can, I can send this from any, uh, application. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Laravel, PHP, whatever it is. So, um, that's been really nice because I can set these up for as many projects as I need. And because the, uh, the database structure is generic, it's JSON. So I can send, uh, for instance, with Forte chat, I send an event for every time the database changes, I send the Ecto change set and I send the, um, the results of that. So if you, if you're familiar with Ecto change sets, you can get just the changes. So just the fields that are updating with the value that they're updating. And then I can also get the full result after. And then in some cases, I'll also attach some metadata uh, that might be combined fields for other things. It might be, um, you know, just some information that I think would be useful for querying later or even just text information. Um, sometimes I want to combine uh, other events and things like that. So uh, those kind of things might go into the metadata, but it's up to me, the application, to decide what conventions I want to use for that, um, which could be dangerous because it's not enforced, absolutely, but it's absolutely necessary if I want to use this, reuse this across many applications, 
and I found that convention is more than enough uh, in every case that I've used it. it. It's just not an issue. Now, theoretically, if I'm doing something like this where I'm tracking every database change, theoretically, I, I should be able to recreate that database at any point in time. In reality, I would definitely not trust the system that I have now to do that because it's so generically and loosely enforced. Um, you know, it's just a, it could be any structure in there. And so I wouldn't necessarily trust that. Um, but I would trust it enough to, to use that to find out, you know, what's happened in the past. Do I want to know what happened with a specific user, um, for these specific kinds of events between these dates, that kind of thing. Um, you can really do a lot with that information. I can, I can basically look at the system at any point in time and see what happened. I can track it by user. I can track it by dates, all those things. Really, really useful stuff, uh, particularly for like statistical analysis, for support requests. You know, if you have someone who comes and says, oh, the system, uh, it keeps crashing. I don't really know what's going on. I'm not tech savvy. You, you figure it out. Um, I can actually use this to track back every single thing that they've done. And not only the things that they've done, but the things that were going on with the system in general around the time that they're having the issue. And so it's really been useful uh, for solving this. And because it's completely secondary, it's it's just additive. I could delete this at any time. Um, I don't have to worry about how it's affecting the system because it doesn't affect the system. The system sends it out and never really receives anything back except, yes, we got the event. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, because it's, it's agnostic to the programming language, uh, of the, the app that's sending it. I can use it on anything and I use it on a number of things now. Um, for security, what I do is I actually just use basically a, a pretty simple API auth key system. Uh, if I really need lots of security and things like that, what I'll do is I'll typically resort to whitelisting server IPs and things like that. Um, I would rather rely on that if, I, if I'm really concerned about security, that kind of thing, or even just internal networking rather than exposing it to the internet at large. I'll, I'll internally network it. And I'm still sending HTTP requests, which, again, is would be less efficient than if I was directly passing it. For instance, if I put this under an umbrella project in Elixir, um, which in some cases I might actually do in the future. Uh, but I just found that the performance was more than good enough. And I like having that separation where I can treat them as two separate apps and not worry about, you know, if, if one goes down, uh, for instance, if the event tracker went down for whatever reason, um, the queue will just build up and then it'll, it'll fire off those when, when it's available again, it's no problem. So this has been a really useful little app that I I've built for me personally. Um, and my clients, uh, I would really recommend that anybody who kind of likes the idea of this, try just building it yourself. At some point, maybe I'll open source Helmanac or something like that. Um, but the truth is, it didn't take me very long to write at all. It's uh, uh, I, I did it partly to explore some things like Etz tables and, and some caching and things that I did uh, for like those event names for performance reasons. Uh, but it honestly, the first rough draft, which worked perfectly fine and everything after that has been kind of incremental, small improvements, um, only really took me like a day. So if you're interested in this, try just spinning up a Phoenix project or, or just an Elixir project. If you want to just put it under an umbrella app or something like that, you don't want to have the full web interface, um, you know, create a schema, 
um, give it an endpoint, that kind of thing. And I bet you, if you're familiar with Elixir, um, you'll be able to get this going really quickly. And I was surprised at how useful it was for how little work. And it really kind of made me question, um, you know, there, there are lots of good services out there that do this. And if you want to just get up with them, they're going to give you a ton of features that will be able to do way more than, than my little app does. But, um, what I found was I didn't really need most of those. And it, it made me question the value of, of paying for some of those when, I needed so little out of it. I just needed that information. And then for each app, I would rather come up with a, um, a UI and things like that, you know, um, an interface to query that those results because they're going to be unique to the app. So rather than trying to build like this really generic querying interface that could work for any app, um, I actually, I designed that on the app side uh, rather than the Almanac side. And what that lets me do is just get a, a much more useful querying interface out of it you know because it, it's specific to that app's needs rather than trying to cover every possible you know data structure and combination out there anyone who's ever tried to design reports knows how specific and how difficult it is to build flexibility into those kind of things are so if you're trying to build like a reports builder it, you have to take in so many possible variables and that it, it's a lot of work so I'd rather get more specific with this, build it on the app side, and then I'm good to go. So I think maybe I'll leave that here today. Um, maybe I'll talk about this again in the future. Um, let me know if you're interested in, in having this uh, open sourced. I really think that you would see it and be underwhelmed if I did that because it's very basic. Um, it's very simple, but it's just been an awesome experience and it's been something I've gotten a lot of use out of. Uh, it helped me learn things like the uh, the Q package with Amnesia, uh, using ETS tables and for caching and performance a little bit more. Um, and just in general, it, it made me realize I didn't actually have to reach outside the language for this at all. I could just stay in Elixir uh, for queuing, for caching, for sending between servers, things like that. It was all handled in there. I didn't have to reach for another service. And it took me almost no time at all. I think it would have probably taken me longer to set up something like Keen.io or, or one of those other event trackers. Uh, so I don't know. It was, it, it was an interesting experience. Um, I hope this was interesting to you. Uh, I'm going to keep trying to put out these episodes uh, as frequently as I can. They're going to be fairly unscripted or unscripted completely. And uh, I'm hoping that that creates a more interesting, more honest, and um, more immediate uh, experience here. So I, I almost want it to be a little bit like we're sitting together in the same room and I'm just telling you about my projects. And I hope that someday I can have some of you on and you can tell me about your projects. Maybe it's just the fact that I work as a freelancer. I work remotely a lot. I work from home. Um, but it would be it, it's really nice sharing some of this stuff. It would be cool to share some of yours. Uh, so if you're interested in any of that kind of thing, uh, send me an email, uh, carter at Uh Talk to me on Twitter at pseudocodes, S-U-D-O-C-O-D-E-S. And I would be totally happy to get in touch with you. So thanks for listening and until next time.